0: what's up guys you're listening to the MFCEO project i'm andy i'm your host and i am well you know the rest hey i'm here with my co-host von the von kohler von the impaler von diesel von jovi starting defense place at the table yes I taught Vaughn a new quote from yeah. one of my favorite movies. I'm going
1: to go watch the movie. I haven't seen the it yet. The program? He yeah.
0: Has, he didn't even know. He had to Google it. Yeah. Well, I posted
1: on uh, Facebook. I asked everybody what one of their favorite scenes of all time was. And Andy just, all caps, wrote, starting defense, place at the table. So I had to look it up on YouTube. And everybody
0: knew what it meant except yeah. you. Yeah, pretty much. What's that tell you?
1: Yes, uh, that I'm behind on 90s movies about football. That's right. Yeah. The
0: One of the greatest sports movies ever. Yeah. It's terrible.
1: But in an awesome it's, way, that's as right. you it's said, that, it
0: is. It's like one of those movies that you—it's on and you watch it, but and then you're done. And you're like, why did I watch that?
1: That reminds me of the conversation we had like a couple years ago, where you said you had watched pacific rim like 12 times dude I said, I, and, and was I, it good still dude, said, no. pacific
0: rim still comes on and i still fucking watch it i can't help it resident evil resident evil all of them <laughs> do you do the same one with that yeah i can't help it <laughs> nope. what is yeah. it about those movies yeah. that
1: your phrase was great though terrible but in an awesome way yeah <laughs> yeah everybody know, knows yeah. what that means when yeah, it comes yeah. to movies like there's yeah.
0: certain movies that are just terrible and you watch them anyway yeah resident evil all of them fall into that category yeah i don't know what it is about those movies I can't even explain it Emily tries to like understand what it is I can't explain it to her
1: yeah for me and I'm gonna get a bunch of abuse for this but for me that's karate Kid three it's a terrible movie but I really enjoy watching it yeah I'm but not, I'm I've, older I never got into karate kid yeah yeah they were like just they were before they were like your time. just before my yeah. time yeah. like you know like yeah.
0: like right before my time yeah
1: and then they ruined it and had like another karate kid where it was a girl that was just what, do you hate girls? No, but What, I, what I, are you
0: discriminating? I, a little bit. Are you racist? Yeah, well, it's Hillary Swank. Racist Vaughn? I just can't... I, I
2: hate I, girls, and I am I, a girl.
0: <laughs> that's 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 sexist, Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> we better write a letter or throw a protest. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyway, guys, here's the deal. We're going to talk about some practical tools, some nuts and bolts. Um, a lot of you guys have asked me what tools I use on a daily basis to get the most out of life, how to stay productive, and it's a great question, and I'm happy to answer it because, at the end of the day, success and entrepreneurship, um, and moving forward comes down to practicality. People like to throw around words like vision and motivation and efficiency, and a lot of these abstract concepts that some that these guys use fly straight over people's heads, including mine. Um, you know, some of these dudes, you know, I have to that I know personally. I have to stop them and ask them, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're using terms that, you know, I'm a regular dude, man. I'm not extremely intelligent. I'm just a normal dude who knows how to fucking get shit done. And this is what I want to teach you guys today. You know, for for all of us listening that aren't fucking geniuses, um, we'll just use the hammer and nails and our fucking tool belt to get shit done. We don't have to talk about these abstract concepts talk about how smart we are okay we're gonna get down to the nuts and bolts how can you get shit done and that's what i want to talk to you guys about today
1: and uh guys we talked a little bit before the uh recording how we're going to structure this and we decided that what i think we're going to do is we're going to take a common topic of success you know some key buzzword that people use all the time we're going to throw that out there and i'm going to kind of pick a a goal or two under each one of those uh, topics, and then Andy's just going to break down his strategies and, and share his tools. Cool? Yeah, man. All I mean, right. I think a lot right. of these will probably overlap a little bit, but I, it makes sense to me because it's so so fundamental. You're going to say something? Yeah,
0: it's just, you know, it, it's a little bit frustrating to me, the approach that some of, I you know, I guess I would say my peers in this entrepreneur motivation space take because I feel like a lot of them could get could become way more helpful if they were were more um, willing to not try and sound like they know everything. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you use big words and big phrases and these concepts and all these, you know, fucking terms, that shit is hard for people to follow. Mm -hmm. You know, our goal, like when I say our goal, like I'm talking about myself and my peers in this Mm -hmm. space of entrepreneurship, motivation, Uh, Self help, if you will. Right. Personal development. Our responsibility is to be effective. It's not about us sounding smart or us, you know, trying to pretend like we're smarter than this or we know these big fucking things. You know, like half the shit these motherfuckers say, I don't even know what the fuck they mean. Right. If I don't know what they mean, I know that most of these motherfuckers don't know what it means. Right. You know, because I'm in this. So the purpose of today's podcast is to sort of take some of these concepts that might be confusing and break them down into like practical how-to, uh, you know, situations that you can implement or how-to tools, so to speak, mm-hmm. how that you can implement into your daily routine to help you move forward.
1: Absolutely. I I, I was just thinking, uh, as you were talking about, some sometime in the mid-90s, I was at the movie theater and this teenage kid came out of seeing The Matrix yeah. and he's like, dude, you got to see that movie. And I said, why? And he goes... It's the most incredible movie. It just blows your mind. I go, what's it about? And he goes, I have no idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's kind of like yes. what, what a lot of people they come away from from different speakers and they're like, man, that guy was
0: awesome. Okay, so what did you learn? I don't know. And that's and that's the problem, right? Like that's that's the issue. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that can deliver in such a way, and I'm one of them. I'm, dude, I will flat out say it. I could go up on stage and talk about nothing. Mm-hmm. And the people are going to walk out and say, holy fuck, that was awesome. But that's because I know how to deliver. Right. And it's my authentic delivery. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, that cheapens the whole process. Right. You know, I feel like as a speaker, as as a person who does uh, educating on these subjects, you have an obligation to make sure that you bring it down to the person's level. I mean, you've seen me speak with, with other people where mm-hmm. I've stopped other people in their, right. you know, I've said, hey, wait. This person clearly doesn't understand what the fuck you're saying, right. and I've broke it down right. because, dude, that's your obligation. That person paid a price to come see you; they need to leave with some useful information. Right. It does no good to anyone except your own ego to go up there and pretend like you're Jesus. Right? Right? You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I so so a lot of people give me shit because of how plain spoken that I am, and, and, and most people that follow the show love it, but some people, you know, I've, I've had comments like from from some some peers. They're like, dude, you know, the way you present yourself, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of critical about it. And it's like, look, dude, I feel like that's how most people communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like when I go to a bar, I go to a restaurant and we're getting real and we're getting to be friendly and we're having a couple drinks. The conversation always turns into something as the way that I speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a friendly, uh, you know, you talk shit. Um, it's just a it's a more casual way of communicating and I think well, people
2: just like relate to that because that's how they speak on right a and, and so
0: trying to smarten it up doesn't do anybody any no, favors right. when you're trying to educate someone right you know
1: right. absolutely and wouldn't you agree that a lot of people I mean definitely this is true of the people that that uh, listen to the show but a lot of people are genuinely nice people and when and when they hear speakers that are like way over their heads they assume something's wrong with them yes you dude, know? look yeah. That's what I'm
0: trying to say. Like, there is shit that other speakers say that I honestly, like, I have to text them and ask them what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like, guys I'm friends with. Like, hey, what do you mean by this? Because I don't get it. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And we-
0: and I'm not ashamed to say that. Right. You know, I'm a smart motherfucker, dude. Honestly, like, I, like at school, I got Ds. But, like, when I tested out, you know, I did great. Mm-hmm. I was at the very, very top. You know, but uh, I, I just, I guess what I'm saying is, is like, this whole space is not about us mm-hmm. it's about sharing practicalities that people can walk away with and use and i don't see that happening a lot mm-hmm. i see that happening i see here's what i see happening a lot go up on stage act like you're jesus and then hey buy my program when you right. want to learn the tools right so that's what we're going to do is we're going to fucking give you the tools right in a in a plain english way right mm-hmm.
1: so, so you always say you have to know the what before you know the how, and the how obviously is getting stuff done, accomplishing things. The what is you're talking about seeing what it is you want to accomplish, and right. we know that all of the, rightly, all of the, the the guys that really know what they're talking about say that what is supremely important is having a vision for the kind of life you want to live and what you want to accomplish. So I, that's the first topic. If you're think, okay with that, yeah, let's talk I, about look, vision. Man,
0: that's how a great, do you maintain that? That's a great place to start. Well, let's talk about how to develop that, first okay. of all, because- I talked to a lot of people, man, I talked to one of my own guys yesterday about something as simple as what kind of car he wanted to drive in the future. And he's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, then you ain't ever going to fucking, what do you think's going to happen? You're going to mm-hmm. keep driving the same truck that you've been driving for 15 years. And that's okay if that's what you want. Right. But what I'm saying is, is you have to develop a vision and most people don't take the time to do that. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they do take the time to do that they limit themselves. And so let's cover both those aspects. Number one, you've got to fucking develop a vision for what you want your life to be like, all right? Um, That means you have to think about what kind of house you want to live in, what kind of car you want to drive, uh, you know, what kind of money you want to make, uh, what kind of family you want to have, all right? Not just material things, but all things. You know, what kind of service you want to do, what kind of um, impact you want to make through philanthropy, all right. You need to think about all those things. All right. And most people don't take the time to even do that. And that's why most people get caught in the, uh, you know, the average Joe cycle of life. You know, go to school, get the list, you know, go to right. school, get married, have kids, get in a huge debt, be forced to work by that debt. That's the American way. Just mm-hmm. so you guys know. Mm-hmm. Okay. The American way is not, you know, they say the American dream. Okay. There is the American, dream, but the American way goes like this. Go to school, get married, have kids, get in a fuckload of debt, and be forced to work, which is really no different than fucking slavery. It's another form, all right? Tie people to something that they can't get away from, so they're forced to do this. And that's because the economy needs worker bees, all right? There's no worker bees. Guess what? No fucking work gets done. Mm -hmm. That's the American way, all right? So be aware of that, first of all. But when we talk about vision, you know, our whole lives we're taught, we're taught, Different things, conflicting things. When you're little, you're, what do your parents tell you? Oh, Johnny, you could be anything you want. You want to be an astronaut? Yeah, you could be an astronaut, blah, blah, blah. You get to be about seven years old, and you go to school, and you say, yeah, I'm going to be an astronaut. What happens? The kids make fun of you, and they say, you're not going to fucking be an astronaut. You know what percentage of
1: people in the world become astro- astronauts? They yeah. start telling you the yes, facts. right.
0: Yeah. Like, you know how many people... I want to be a professional baseball player. You know, you know how how hard that is to do? And then, and then eventually, like, you go home, and you're like, well... Fucking Tommy at school said that, you know, you can't do that. And then your parents say, well, you know, he's right, actually. You know, you need to be realistic with your goals. (laughs) And what happens? So then we start limiting our own goals, our own visions, our own beliefs for ourselves. And a lot of that has to do with, sadly, a lot of parents do that because they're afraid of their kid actually surpassing them in life. Okay? So what they do is they set their standards on their own children Um, And they say things like, you know, uh, I want the best for my kid. I want them to be better than me, blah, blah, blah. And I want them to have a better life than I had. But whenever they come to teaching their kids what is obtainable in life, they're teaching them that what they need to do is go to school, get a job, you know, do the same basic job they do and make the same kind of money they make. And if you do that, you're a success. So on one hand, they're saying one thing, on another hand, they're saying another thing. And at the end of the day, we don't know what the fuck to do. And I think everybody can relate to that, you know, growing up. I think it also comes from the parents often not knowing what to tell their kid on how to reach their goals. No question. Right. They're, they're totally limited on their perspective. So there's no way, there's no way if you've never made a cake before that you could fucking direct somebody how to make a cake. Right. Right. So there's a lot of things in play here that, that, that keep people from having a vision. Right. Mm -hmm. But, a great place to start is just to say, Hey, what would my ideal life look like? Hmm. And the two tools that I use, uh, for practicality's sake on creating a vision are a vision board. All right. And if you don't know what that is, Google it. It's a fucking board that you put pictures of shit that you want on it. Hmm. All right. I've got one in my office, uh, and, and, and I need to update it. I just had a meeting with my team here recently about updating my vision board and theirs as well, because I've accomplished everything in my vision board. Um, and then I use, uh, I use the, the last you know, five, 10 minutes before I go to sleep to actually visualize what I want my life to be like, all right? And so what I do is I close my eyes and I try to see myself doing the things that I want to be doing um, you know, in my ideal life. And, and so when you close your eyes, it's not like, oh, I see, you know, for me, like five, six, seven, eight years ago, it was you know, my vision board had a picture of a Lamborghini and then it had a picture of a private jet. And I had a picture of, uh, you know, a nice house and like, you know, all the, the shit that people want. Right. And right. Uh, um,
1: for the record, there's a makeavisionboard.com If people want to check that out, it looks like it's a yeah. good resource.
2: Or you can just get on Pinterest because everything's on Pinterest.
0: Oh, right. yeah. There you go. Right. So so I had all this stuff on my vision board. And so when I would visualize at night, I don't visualize the stuff. I visualize me living my life with that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So for me, what I used to visualize, and this is, I started this back in 2006, six seven, when I had no money, I was making $695 a month, and I had over $65,000 in credit card debt. Um, I started visualizing myself driving up to the airport uh, in a Lamborghini and getting to the airplane and the door going up, you know, because Lamborghini's got vertical doors, mm-hmm. and me being able to see, like, the inside of the car and, like, really try to see what the experience was like and then i would like look out the door and i would see the plane and then i would walk over to the plane i could see like the chrome rails of the steps like i try to really truly visualize it and i would visualize that same dream over and over again when i had no reason to really believe that that was going to be happening Mm -hmm. and guess what i do that on a regular basis now
1: so forgive me for being too detailed but do you have a set time
0: that you do that? Yeah, right before I go to bed.
1: Right before you go to bed. Yeah. So not in the morning. You do it before you yes. go to bed in the hopes that maybe you'll dream about it, I guess. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's just
0: something I picked up. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other dream that I had was speaking in front of people, which at that time, I didn't even want to speak. It, I never spoke. I didn't, I didn't know anything about speaking, so I had no reason to you know, even dream that v- or have that vision, but I would mm-hmm. v- visualize myself on stage speaking to people and then people clapping and cheering and shit like mm-hmm. that. And now not even 10 years later that those two things are like reality for me. Right. All right. And there's tons of, um, physical and metaphysical evidence, scientific evidence on things like the law of attraction that I'm not going to get into right now. But you know, the point is, is you have to have a vision you have to have a vision that you stick to and you have to try to see it in reality on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. and most people never even take that first step of even creating a vision they just take what life's given to them you know they they might their vision might extend to this point like they're driving down the road and they see a car they like and they're like oh that's cool Mm -hmm. and then they think about it for a few days and then that's it right and then it goes away you know what i mean absolutely yeah and that's the extent of the you have to realize like and and you know i'm gonna get some people that are gonna fucking argue with me but You know, real world, real world evidence to me is more than whatever scientific evidence you can provide. And there's a lot of faith that has to be given to this, but I believe it. And if you choose not to believe it, that's fine. But I believe it it works for me. It's done a lot for me. Um, You know, there's only 10% of the brain that that the human brain that is used, and that's for cognitive and involuntary function. Mm -hmm. All right. But there's electrical impulses all through the rest of your brain that nobody knows what the fuck they're for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you think those are for? 90% of your brain is used for nothing, but there's activity going on. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so be... much we just don't know. Right, exactly. Yeah. We have no clue. And the point is, is that, you know, if you get start reading in this law of attraction and, and visualization and all these things, you start to realize that, you know what? There's a good probability that there's a lot of shit going on on, on the other side of your brain when it comes to visualization, uh, attracting things, uh, you know all these things that these books talk about and everybody likes to throw the secret out there. The secrets a fucking terrible book to be completely honest. Mm. Um, it's like, it's like not even an appetizer for what the law of attraction really is. Mm. There's a lot of other better books out there, but um, there, there's just so much. I've had so much happen to me and, and there's so many people that will say that. I don't know one successful person that doesn't use visualization, that doesn't use some sort of vision board or goal board or, mm-hmm. and, and use this. And dude, there's a reason those people have the shit they have. Right. You know, it's because they're utilizing parts of the brain that science hasn't caught up to yet. Right.
2: Well, I think a part of like that secret in quotes is that the secret is common sense. If you don't think about your goals or put your visions in front of you every single day, you're not going to think about them. You're not going to work on them. You're not going to do them.
0: Right. Like, but just, the, you know. what I'm trying to get at is there's practical manuals out there of how mm-hmm. to utilize the law of attraction. Yeah. Um, there's also scientific evidence out there that it works. You know, I've read probably 30 books on it. Uh, it's pretty substantial, the information available. Mm-hmm. And, the, and everybody, like when you say the law of attraction, everybody says, oh, the secret. And it's like, bro, if that's all you read, you don't fucking get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know,
1: why I think there's huge truth in what you're saying is because if you think about it, this is kind of a weird way to arrive at the conclusion but think about when things go wrong with the brain so like uh, think about people who are autistic they can they can perform incredible feats of you know like Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen the movie rain man like you and i couldn't comprehend like you their their ability to count and and to memorize and that sort of thing and then when the when the brain uh, malfunctions and people see hallucinations well if it can do that when it's going wrong then there has to be at some point. Look, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, there has to be some mm-hmm.
0: some point which humans people, are going to figure out the how to do that. problem with it is, is that there's, it's such a fluffy subject. Mm-hmm. And, like, people hear it, and they're like, that sounds like total bullshit. Right. Like, and that's pro- that's a problem I have with the secret, too, is because the secret makes it sound like you're going to close your eyes, think of an elephant, and a fucking elephant's going to appear. I was about to say, just the
2: name of the book kind of makes right, it sound it's fluffy. corny like, as it's fuck. Like, it's this mystical right. thing. But, the,
0: but it was interesting enough for me to do my research. And that's... Right. That's what I did, and I'm gonna tell you right now, it's a real thing, it's it's a super extremely valuable tool, visualization, um, and and you have to practice it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So you know, get yourself a vision board um, and learn how to visualize. Now, let me say this before you move forward with that tool. A lot of people fuck this up, because what they do is instead of actually putting what they really want on their vision board, they limit themselves and say, well, here I am, I'm working at Burger King, you know, I really want a Ferrari, but because I'm working at Burger King, I'm going to put a fucking uh, Mustang on the fucking, on, the, on my vision board. Right. You get it? Right. You can't do that. You can't think about the how here. This is just pure, pure, like what the fuck you really want. Right. And you have to unlimit your brain. And, and like, dude, if you think it would be cool to have a $50 million fucking yacht, Dude, put one of those motherfuckers up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't think like, hey, I'm working it, you know, here and I'll never be able to afford that on this salary, so I'm going to put this up there. When you do that, you're you're not only consciously, you're subconsciously limiting your whole entire life. Mm-hmm. So that would be my only, like, warning to this. Make sure that you're visualizing and dreaming on an unlimited scope. Th- this, this time is not for the how. This is for the what. Right. Okay? Right.
1: And going back to, to repeat something you said earlier, make sure it's what you want, not what you think other people want. Even if, like, you know, you use the example of the Ferrari, and maybe what somebody wants is not the Ferrari. Like, even though that's sort 100%. of the iconic, yeah. maybe it's something else, but I think but that's But the point, Vaughn, is, is that most be, people
0: never even have that conversation with themselves. Right. They don't even have a conversation, what do I really want? Right. They, a lot of people dream about what they think they should want. And that's what they dream about. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. If you don't know what the fuck you want and you start dreaming about shit that you think you're supposed to want, but it's still big shit, Mm -hmm. eventually you're going to get in a position where you're going to be able to be like, all right, well, I don't, sometimes you know, you got to have what you don't want to realize what you want. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's a terrible thing. You know, it's, it's all about learning and progressing. You know, there's been plenty of things I thought I wanted that I found out that I really didn't want, um, after I had them. You know, so I, I think that's okay. I just think that, you know, it's important to sit down and have the conversation with yourself about what you want, because if you don't go out and try to think about what you want and visualize what you want, you're going to end up with whatever you get gifted to you by default, which is going to be a big pile of poop. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You That's know, you're going to get doesn't
2: just go for things. It goes for people too. Right. Like the kind of people you want yeah, in your 100%. life. And, you know, if there's like a significant other that you want to be a companion in your journey, like what that person would look like, like their characteristics and right. everything. hundred you percent yourself with. Yeah. yeah.
1: So along with that, number two is motivation. And uh, as you know, everybody's passion for something comes and goes. Um, the question that I would say, I mean, you've talked about how you are naturally internally motivated but obviously I know in talking to you that there are practical tools that you use to keep your motivation stoked or to move on even in those days like you've called them the tombstone days even in those days where you don't feel like going on so well drop first some thing on us.
0: first thing people need to understand is that you know I'm no different than anybody else I mean yes I run at a very high intensity at a very high motor um, when I'm hot I Probably as high as anybody out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As intense as anybody out there uh, when I'm hot. But you know what? I'm not always hot. Just like you're not always hot. Mm -hmm. And there are days and months, weeks at a time where I feel like I don't want to do shit. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, That is, you know, a lot of people see me personally or these other motivated people from the outside and they think that they're always that way. And some of them will tell you that they're always that way. And they're full of shit. I've not met one person out there that doesn't go through the ebb and flow of motivation. Sometimes we just have it, and sometimes we don't, right. all right? But the difference between people who make it and people who don't make it is what you do in the time that you don't, okay? It's not. It's easy to do the things you need to do whenever you have it. When you have that fucking fire, and you have the intensity, and you have the will to win, and you have all the intangibles of success working for you, You know, the hunger, the intensity, the fire, the will to win. Those are the intangibles. You can't teach that shit. When you have that shit working in your favor, it's easy to fucking go out and do what you need to do. Anybody does it. We all do it. Every single person, when they feel great, they go out and they do the right stuff. Just a fact of human nature. Mm -hmm. The difference is what you do when you don't feel like doing it. Okay? And that comes down to cultivating discipline and cultivating habits. All right? You have to create a habit of forcing yourself through the motions, okay? And this is important for two reasons. One, when you force yourself through the motions, you're being productive even though, you know, you don't feel like it, mm-hmm. all right? Which means in a competitive atmosphere, which most of life is, you're moving ahead of the people that are sitting on their ass because most people don't have the discipline to move forward when they don't feel like it, mm-hmm. all right? So you're, let's say, ebb and flow, 50% motivation, 50% not feeling like doing anything, that means you're 50% ahead of somebody at any given time because you cultivated that point, all right? So in business, it's extremely important. You got to go do the things you want it, that you have to do even when you don't feel like doing it. Huge key to success, all right? Number two, the reason this is important is because motivation comes through motion, all right? You can, when you move, you create momentum, which is going to create motion, all right? Or I'm sorry, motivation, all right? So you're it's just like when you go for a run. Everybody here has gone for a run or exercised when they don't feel like it, all right? When you first start, dude, your feet are heavy. They feel like shit. You don't want to move. Five minutes in, you're feeling okay. Ten minutes in, you feel great, and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm glad I did this, right? And then the rest of your day is turned around. So you have to realize that to get through the ebbs and flows of motivation in life, the, a key to get back into that hot zone is by forcing yourself through the motions and giving that momentum to work for you. Does that make sense? It makes
1: a ton of sense. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: like you could develop that motion and and that momentum by just going through the motions and forcing yourself. And it doesn't take long. It doesn't take like, you know, uh, this extremely long period of time to, to make that happen. Most people, it takes an extremely long time to get the momentum back because they don't force themselves through the motion. So a key to having higher motivation all the time is that when you're feeling low and you feel like shit, go through the motions to get the momentum to work for you and you come back out of that naturally much more quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. Follow that way I'm you're saying? not yeah.
2: starting from the beginning every single time exactly. too and you're not even more discouraged no, even not, though you're motivated. You're, no,
0: because the, at the end of the day, the the results you're producing – you're winning all the time even because even when you don't feel like it because you've made a habit out of doing the things you need to do when you don't want to do it. the result is still the same. So if you're measuring results, you know you're still getting the result even when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah I, and it add- may not feel like as good of a result, but when you compare the baseline of every other person on earth when they're not doing shit and they're sitting on the couch eating fucking Doritos, watching The Walking Dead, and you're out busting your ass even though you don't feel like it, dude, you're still winning.
1: Right, right.
0: It's a huge deal. So when you talk
1: about creating habits and and getting certain actions in motion, let me use this analogy, and you tell me if I'm understanding you better, or accurately, so obviously, in in a game situation, in a, in let's just pick basketball, there are always situations in a game where coaches have set plays. So if we have a, a certain circumstance, we say, "Okay, guys, we're going to call a set play that you've practiced, you're you've perfected, and you know that all of the things being equal, it should work." Is that kind of kind of what you're saying when yeah, you yeah, talk about? Uh, look, creating uh, this is habits. something.
0: This is something that I learned from Tony Robbins. Um, if you don't listen to his his information and you haven't studied his 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 product, that dude's the OG. I mean, he is the fucking original gangster when it comes to, to motivation. Mm-hmm. I love Tony Robbins. He's a fucking genius. He he's he's the guy, period. Okay. Um his thing has always and and always has been get up in the morning and go exercise. Hmm. Okay. And I I believe that because, dude, when you get up. And you go do 30, 45 minutes of exercise, whether it be a walk. And, and, dude, when you walk, don't walk like a fucking pussy. I'm talking about walking and get some sweat going. Yeah. Put yeah. some effort into the walk. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, dude, I see some people walk, and they're just walking like they're at the fucking mall. Yeah, power you know? walk. Dude, walk with <laughs> yeah. some fucking intent. Like yeah. Do
2: a hike type thing. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: get some sweat going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't mm-hmm. have to run. I don't run. You don't have to run. Dude, I've lost 60 pounds this year. I haven't fucking run one time. You know why? Because I hate running. Mm-hmm. I hate it. When I was in high school playing sports, running was a punishment. And I always got in trouble. So I always, always had to run. Yeah. So I fucking hate running. For you, each. you can get great results by, by walking with a purpose. All right? So, so yes, call a set play. Get your fucking ass out of bed. Put on your fucking shoes. And heel toe that motherfucker for 45 minutes. Okay. And you'd be amazed at how quickly your day develops momentum. All right. You're up, you're moving, you're sweating, you come back to the house and you're like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm ready to kick ass. Okay, that's an example Mm -hmm. of a tool that you can use. And not only is it gonna help you with momentum, you're gonna physically improve over time, which is going to, you know, help your life in every way possible. Mm -hmm. You know, so we could talk about all these tools for creating momentum. But, you know, that's where also the power list comes into play, right. consistently executing your your, your critical tasks, um, which we talked about, and kill it every day. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Uh, but, yeah, man, you know, it, it, you've got to create motivation out of thin air sometimes. And the people who win know how to do that. And, and the way they do that is by going through the motions even when they don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. It's discipline.
1: No, I, I love the emphasis on uh – on just getting up and moving. Yeah. So we covered if efficiency, but we're also kind of covering discipline along with that. Uh, so I can skip ahead probably to the next one or did cause you kind of touched on efficiency and discipline together. You want me to skip ahead to the next one? Yeah. Okay. So the next one is just learning. You, you tell everybody, you know, it's important for success to be learn, learning something new every day. Okay. So I guess I, everybody knows your big, book reader right but just generally speaking give it you know okay it's what's a, the school of Andy all right look
0: learning is a mentality it's a character trait it's not something you practice it's something that you become a student okay and what I mean by that and we talked about this recently I don't remember which on which podcast but what I mean by that is that when you become a student of life you're always learning you're always picking up this here or that there, all right? And we talked about there's passive learning, there's active learning, and you need to be working on both. Active learning would be things like reading 10 pages of a book per day, uh, not, not, not uh, you know Dungeons and Dragons. I'm talking about a book you could fucking like, you know, educational book right. on the topic of whatever it is you're trying to learn, um, you know, or reading for an hour a day or th- half an hour a day, every day, all right? That's active learning. Um, listening to a podcast, active learning. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's passive learning. And passive learning would be learning from the situations and circumstances that happen to you on a daily basis. You know, you meet someone. Uh, they say something or or spark an idea, and you're like, fuck, that's a great idea, and you put make a little note, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was at lunch with a friend yesterday. We were just having casual friend lunch. And he said, you know, man, what, this would be cool if you put a little note and we start talking about this, this, uh, idea that had to do with some, with a business that wasn't even one of my businesses. And I'm like, and I, I automatically took that idea and put it in, in perspective to my company. And I came up with a great idea. Right. So my point is, is like, you've got to be in the mindset to pick things up along the way. Um, You know, great idea, most of the great ideas that we've had as a company uh, in the the history of of our company have come from just little things that have happened along the way that we were listening. You have to be listening, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I mean by being a student is, you know, whether you're at a restaurant or, or a wedding reception or a barbecue or you're at a beach or whatever it is that you do outside of work, pay attention. You know, pay attention to the conversations you have. Pay attention to what people say. Pay attention to people's actions. You know, we use the example of, uh, you know, waiters going the extra mile and doing extra things that could spark service ideas for your company or uh, how to create extra wow factor. I'm just go rolling here because mm-hmm. I'm so used to this mentality. It's it's just who I am. Right. It's a character trait. Like, I'm a fucking student.
1: Right. So I, I'd love to drive home this point because, and I know not everybody in our, in our, uh, in our audience is religious, so, so bear with me as I quote a Bible verse right now, and then, I'll, and then I'll explain. But there's a Bible verse in the Old Testament that says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their, uh, their voice is not heard. And that's the Bible's way of saying the universe is always talking. There, it's always sending out You just got to listen. You got to listen. Yeah. You got to listen. And
0: and that's what I mean. You know, learning and all. like one of our core values here at the company is always be learning. And that that's what that means. It doesn't mean just read a book. Right. Now, it does mean read a book, but that's not all it means. Right. You should always be reading a book. Every fucking day, you should be reading a minimum of 10 pages or 30 minutes. Okay. Every day, you know. Uh, but that's not all it means. It means that you have to listen. You have to open up your brain and you have to become a student. And that also goes along with staying humble. Like you Mm -hmm. don't know everything. So pay attention to what everybody has to offer you. That little old lady at the grocery store that is annoying and runs her cart down the middle of the fucking aisle that you want to punch in the face. Right. Mm -hmm. She probably knows a lot of shit that you don't fucking know. Right. That you could learn from her. So why not strike up a conversation for 10 minutes? You know? Right. People don't do that shit. They, they Instead, they let their ego get in the way of their ability to learn by uh, unconsciously and sometimes consciously ranking themselves in society in certain ways. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, there, there's the guy that the butcher, you know, I'm making a hundred grand. There's the butcher guy. He's cutting my fucking, my ham. <laughs> right. I can't, you know, this guy's a, this guy, all he could do is cut ham. How right. the fuck do you know that? You don't know what that guy knows, right? You know what I mean. Like, I
2: think it's important that you know to, like you said, always be learning. I think there's a lot of people that they may go to work every day and they feel like they really killed it at work. They really did everything they were supposed to, but then they go home and they like sit on the couch and they don't try to get any benefit outside
0: of no. It's that. that's what I'm saying. It's a character trait, right? It's mm-hmm. not. This is not like, um, hey, go do this. This is develop a value and a character trait within you, Mm -hmm. right? To always be absorbing, and I I feel like every successful person that I know has that trait, and they they consistently listen far more than they speak, right? And believe it or not, because most of the people listening to this are used to me talking, I actually do listen far more than I speak, right?
2: And you can form those habits, like instead of going home and you know practicing sitting on the couch and turning on Netflix, practice going home, sitting on the couch and opening up your book and reading those 10 pages. Dude,
0: all you got to do, that should be in your critical tasks list on your power list. Uh, that should, for years that was in there for me. Right. Read 10 pages of a book. Right. Read 10 pages of a book. And it becomes
2: habit and yes. you don't have to think about it. Yes. You just right. do exactly.
1: it. Exactly. Something you said earlier that um, when you were talking about, right at the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about how sometimes success and motivation gurus, they talk about things and we had no idea what they were talking about. And you said... You know, sometimes with some of my peers, I'll actually say to them, What do you mean? What do you mean? Right. What are you talking about? And that goes back to not just listening, but something I know you do a lot, which is feel free to ask questions. Dude, don't look, be embarrassed, I to Gary. Ask I text
0: Gary the other day, and I'm gonna say, you know, I love Gary. Okay, he's a good guy. Gary Vaynerchuk is who I'm talking about. I text him the other day and I he made a video on emotional intelligence versus IQ. And he calls it EQ versus IQ. And he, you know, Gary likes to use fancy words sometimes. He just does. And um, and Gary is so fucking smart that he doesn't realize that people, he's talking over a lot of people. And so I had to text him. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Emotionally intelligent. Like, I don't know what that means, bro. And I like, I've, I've shared the stage with you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and, you know, we had a little conversation and he clarified it. And, but the point of the matter is, is that, be humble enough to ask a question. Right. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't want to ask a question because they don't want to feel like they're stupid. You know, it's like when you're in, you know, sixth grade and you don't want to be the right. guy asking a question. But realize that, you know, in, or, or let's say high school, right? Right. You know, all the kids make fun of you for, for asking the question. Right. Where when, the they fuck have,
2: the, when they have the same question. Not only that,
0: <laughs> where the fuck are those motherfuckers now? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, yeah. peaked in high school.
1: Because the, really, if they didn't, if, if you don't... Yeah, people who don't ask questions aren't concerned about getting better. No, man. They're just and, concerned about looking good. Right. And,
0: and, and it's okay to ask things like that. Like, yeah. if you, you know, he's talking about emotional intelligence. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Right. You know? Right. Right.
1: Well, it's the old saying that's true. There are no stupid questions, only stupid people.
0: Yeah. He's like, he's like well, it needs to be, you know, we're, we're talking about empathy and this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, I know what those words mean. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But right. what does this mean?
1: Right. Right. No, that's a good point. All right, number, uh, well, I don't know what number it is, but we're on the next, next one, which is criticism. And obviously, this is something that anybody who's committed themselves to success is going to deal with. Um, how do you push on past criticism? And I know that there are two types of criticism. There's exactly. internal and external. And in some ways, Not the external that, is the there, harder one. More types oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I was going to say the internal one's the
0: harder one. No, there's more than two types, okay? You've got, in, you've got let's, let's talk about, you've got two types and then subcategories of those types. You have constructive criticism, and then you have just bullshit criticism mm-hmm. right, or quote unquote hate. Right. All right. Then under those, you have internal constructive criticism. Okay. And then you have internal, I guess it would be destructive criticism. Mm. Right.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. Quote unquote hate. Right. Um, you have to be able to be aware enough to identify and the difference between the two and you have to be humble enough to admit the difference because sometimes people will work constructive criticism in such a way that it sounds like they're attacking you. Mm -hmm. But in reality, what they're saying is probably true or could be true. And if you dismiss it as them hating, you're missing opportunity to improve, Mm -hmm. you know? So you have to walk a very fine line when it comes to criticism and you have to be aware to recognize what type each one is. Does let's say, for example, somebody comes at you really hard on Facebook and says, oh, Andy, you know what? Fuck you. You're you're a piece of shit. Blah, 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 blah. You know, f- fuck you and your whole family. I think that's funny. Like how I handle right. that is I laugh right. Right. and I make a smart ass comment back. Right. Like because I, I'm usually going to I'm like the Floyd Mayweather of the fucking Internet. <laughs> like you're not going to fucking beat me in a comment war. Right. All right. I, I will be I've you. seen
1: people try and I no, actually enjoy. it I'm undefeated, watching it. dude. No, no, no. I yeah. know you're undefeated, but I I enjoy watching I enjoy watching the wake on the on yeah. the uh like you're part.
0: not <laughs> dude, if you're gonna troll me, you're better off trolling someone else. Yeah. Because right. I'm gonna fucking make you look silly. But that's how I deal with the destructive bullshit criticism. Mm-hmm. Now, real criticism, like if so now, now here's the thing. Sometimes people will it'll sound like they're attacking you. And they are, but they also have a point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have to be able to push through them attacking you and absorb that point to be, to improve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so in that situation, you know what? And like, let's say it's a disgruntled customer, somebody who has a real point. I will try to reconcile that situation with that person first and foremost and say, Hey, listen, um, I totally understand where you're coming from. I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, I see you're upset. You know, I didn't mean to upset you, uh, and you make a good point, point. I'll take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. And that's all people want. They want to be taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes people will make constructive criticism, that doesn't mean that it's right. right? So you also have to know yourself, and know who you are, and know what track you're on, and what way you're going. And sometimes people are making things that they think are right, but they aren't right for you. So there's a lot of things to take into play here. Uh, you know, It'd be real easy for me to sit here and say, oh, criticism, fuck all the haters. That's what everybody (laughs) says online. But if you're that kind of person and you dismiss everybody as a quote unquote hater that criticizes you, you're missing a huge opportunity to improve. So you have to be listening. It goes back to what we talked about with learning. You've got to be listening and and you've got to be aware and you've got to be able to absorb, um, you know, what you can use and you throw the rest in the trash. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if someone comes at you hard and they're mean to you and they say some rude shit, but they also have a good point. I'm thankful that person made that comment. And I take the part that I can use and I take the rest of it and I wash it off my shoulders and I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know I was just mean? about
2: to say, you can't let everything else that they say wear on you right. because then, then you're In hating fact, on yourself because you're, you're trying to make it like it's well, true.
0: You're missing an opportunity mm-hmm. to make an advocate there because mm-hmm. what that person is really saying is I care enough about you to be pissed off about this so that you will improve.
2: Exactly. And a lot of people just take the hurt of that statement and not listen to what you have exactly. to say. Exactly. And they get and defensive. It depends on who it's coming from and their reason for doing right. so. And if you can look at that and be completely honest with yourself and say, Yeah, you know, I need some development in this area, right. take that and work on it.
0: Right. You have to use everything that's offered to you. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to success. And and that's one thing I think people, especially the now the thing is like, fuck all the haters. I mean, how many t-shirts <laughs> have I seen this week that new companies say, fuck the haters or whatever, whatever. Right. You know? It's like, come on, dude. Right. You know, but but let's move on to a different sort of criticism real quick is also. Can, can I get you to clarify something real yeah. quick with it?
1: So you talked about the kind of criticism that is well-meaning, but really ultimately not right for you. So that presupposes, though, that a person has a pretty good understanding of who they are. As, as people, you know, and I know we've talked about the over, overuse of the word self-awareness, mm-hmm. but I mean, in practical terms, how did you get to know yourself better to where you knew?
0: Dude, that's that, just experience, uh, that's man. Experience. Yeah. I mean, I still, there's still times where I'm like, man, I wonder if that guy has a really good point or, or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I consider the point, you've just mm-hmm. got to make a decision. You know, most people can't do that. That's the problem. Most people are so caught up on their internal criticism that when external criticism comes at them, they like crumble Mm -hmm. because they're already so fragile on the inside. If you're going to be great, and this is, this is a conversation about something else that I have often, you know, the word ego. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be great at something, you have to have a fucking ego. Okay. And and I'm not saying you have to have a fucking giant ego or overinflated ego, Mm -hmm. but you've got to value yourself and you've got to think you're pretty badass. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. You should think you're badass. But you shouldn't think you're so badass that you're better than everybody. Right. And you have to develop, you know, an attitude of confidence, an attitude uh, of belief in yourself. And most people, sadly, never get to that point. Mm -hmm. And so when, when external criticism comes their way, I mean, I see people on Facebook that get two, three, four likes a post and one person disagrees with them and they're making like a gigantic post on the internet about, you know, this, this big passive aggressive posts about people, certain people in quotes who say certain things. And it's like, dude, are you that fucking fragile? Yeah. Like, let's be real, man. Like you think Warren Buffett fucking gives a fuck what people say about him or Bill Gates is Bill no. Gates on the internet writing these big fucking posts about certain people who make certain comments and is? I mean mm-hmm. dude no one, You know That's not how successful People act
2: And a way to build that up Just like in your Snapchat Which I really enjoyed It was either I think it was yesterday Whenever you were saying To fulfill those things And feel that way About yourself You have to make promises To yourself And keep, and them. keep them Yeah You have to be able To prove to yourself That you are Who you say you are And who you want to be Right You have to You just have to put in The work for that Or else you're that's not right. Going to have, have that confidence Like Vaughn and I
0: Talk about that all the time You have to earn the right To have that confidence You have to earn the right To feel good mm-hmm. You got to earn the right To have self esteem And those things are earned by doing work that you tell yourself you're going to do Mm -hmm. that's it right right
1: so we're going to go into the last point here in just a second guys but if you would like the uh the uh to check out the show page for this episode it's themfceo.com forward slash p79 and uh also take some time uh to write a review for us on itunes we really appreciate that uh means a lot to us share if you if you're uh if you benefit from this information... Uh, Guys,
0: what do we got to do to get a share from you? Yeah, I know. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, post like, it on your Facebook or something. Yeah, or, or share it on Snap. I mean, yeah. I don't ask for anything. I don't charge anything. I get tons of comments and, and messages, and I appreciate them all. But if you truly value what we're doing here, and you value the message, and you think that it's benefited you, give us a share.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what
0: I mean? Give us a share. Bring Bring me a friend. Bring me one other fucking friend. One other person. That's all. Not a million. Not a trillion. Not a hundred. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring me one motherfucking friend. That's all I want. Right. This isn't a business
1: for us guys. This is a cause. This is a movement for us. And we mean we mean that. I mean, I, I know we but we all mean that very strongly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we wanna we wanna change it, we wanna transform society, we wanna change some of the some of the stuff that's going on in the world. We so. wanna
0: fucking get rid of all the pussies. Yes. Definitely. Not not literally.
2: I, know. I was I was about to say our yeah. friends want to touch your friends. Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah.
0: Not not literally, <laughs> figuratively. Tyler would like it if we literally got rid of all the pussies. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: No. So uh, so also guys, connect with us on social media on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Andy Frisella at uh, Tyler is M A I underscore t-y-l-e-r it's so yours is so hard you need to change that and then i'm at von kohler v-a-u-g-h-n-k-o-h-l-e-r and kelsey is i think you can google
2: it's at kelso gene k-e-l-s-o-j-e-n-e guys
0: um check it out snapchat too man i'm doing daily daily motivational snaps Mm -hmm. daily lessons on snap i was hitting it hard on periscope but i'm not doing that anymore Uh, i'm doing it all on snapchat so if you're not following me on snap uh, make sure you do that.
1: Yeah. And we do, uh, we've talked about this in the last couple of episodes, but we do have some really, really cool things coming up, guys. So if you haven't signed up for announcements from us and and also to get the podcast straight to your inbox, go to themfceo.com right on the uh, left column, excuse me, right on the right column there will be a place where you can sign up and do that. And uh, like I said, we've got some really really cool stuff coming up in the next couple months. Right, but, let's get move on to the yeah. Last you know, point. So the the final point is adversity. Okay, and uh, this is obviously a huge topic in success. And uh, it, it it dawned on me, you know, we were talking about this the other day, Andy. Is that a lot of we've gotten a lot of new listeners, and some of them might not. Be familiar with the story that you told in the very first episode. I don't know if you want to tell the whole story, but I thought it would be kind of cool if you just kind of give the, the cliff notes of that story and then talked about how you practically have learned to use adversity. Um, well, that,
0: yeah, I could do that. But l- let me say this first. Everybody thinks their situation is the hardest situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have this belief that's ingrained into them that they are different. I'm different. Okay. Okay. I, my situation, yeah, but, it's the yeah, but syndrome. Yeah, I get that, but, and then they fill in the blank with whatever it is they think is so fucking hard about their life. Let me tell you something. Your life is not that fucking hard, okay? You make it hard by telling yourself this bullshit of, oh, I understand what you're saying, but, and then fill in the blank, Right. all right? So quit with the fucking yeah, but. Your life is not that hard. It just isn't. There's a million other fucking people out there who have done what it is that you want to do with harder circumstances than you have had. That's a fact of life, including myself. There's many, many people out there who have done way, way, way more than me, a million times more than me in life that have had a much harder time. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's just a fact. So when you're telling yourself, Oh, my my dad left when I was seven, my mom spanked me with a wooden spoon, Uh, fuck your shit. No one gives a shit. It doesn't matter. Okay. You have to move past that and use those things as, as a tool to move forward. And what you're what Vaughn's talking about, which a lot of you guys may or may not know is when I was uh, in college in 2003, I got attacked uh, and stabbed in the face uh, and in the back. And I had 160 stitches in my face. Um, I almost died. I'm not going to tell the whole story. If you want to hear the whole story, go back and listen to the first podcast. Um, and, you know, I went from being, you know, a normal-looking dude uh, to looking like the dude from the movie *Mask*, Rocky, with your face swollen up the size of a fucking grapefruit. All right, and everybody knows that feeling. What, uh, right or wrong, you know, when you see somebody who's very disabled or handicapped, and your first uh, reaction is like, look away, because you don't want to feel like you're staring. Well. No one fucking looked at me in the eye for probably two years. I would go to the grocery store. I would try to check out. The lady checking me out would look at the fucking floor. Okay? Don't fucking do that, by the way, because it's rude as fuck, and it does hurt, and people notice it. All right? I worked retail. I worked the counter. The reaction of what I would get would be one of two things. The person wouldn't look at me, or they would look right at you and be like, Jesus, what happened to your fucking face? All right? And my face was fucked up. Uh, when I say swollen the size of a grapefruit, I mean it for over a year. All right. Uh, went through massive depression, you know, thought about suicide and all these other things and you know, all the shit that, you know, people go through when they have a traumatic injury. And, um, you know, when you go from, you know, a a good looking young man to having your face totally fucked up when you're 23 years old in the prime of your life, it fucks with you. Okay. Um, there's a number of lessons to be learned here. I mean, I could talk about perspective. I could talk about adversity. Uh, but I want to talk stay on the track of adversity. You know, that was a really hard time for me to the point where, you know, I was literally thinking, uh, and a lot of people say, oh, let's think about suicide. No, I was fucking really thinking about it. You know what I mean? Not, not just the the fad of people trying to get attention. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was just, it was bad. And my face had these fucking massive scars still do today. I don't have any nerve. I don't have any nerve feeling in in the left side of my face. And, uh, you know, it it was just rough, man. And a few years went by and I started to get better and things went better. And a few things happened to help change my perspective, for the better. Um, but one thing in particular happened and we would, Chris and I were in business. We only had one store at the time and we would go to these giant trade shows like the Arnold classic, the Mr. Olympia, uh, the, the Europa shows, the big trade shows. And we would meet people. And, um, you know, before the stat, before I got stabbed, you know, we would meet people and then you would meet them again the next year and they would act like they didn't meet you like, cause they didn't remember you. After that happened, what started happening was everybody remembered me because of my fucking face because I had these giant scars on it. face. Oh, you know Andy from uh, Supplement Superstores? And they're like, oh, no. Yeah, dude, the guy with the scars on his face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? And so I started to see that there was a benefit to what had happened. I was very memorable. And so I could go around, make introductions, and meet people, and they would always remember me. Always. Because of that. And so I started to use... Um, what had happened as something that was actually good for our business, and now it's to the point where you know people draw pictures of me from the, <laughs> the project from the MFCO project, like fans, and they put my scars on there, and they'll say, "Dude, your fucking scars are badass." Yeah. you know, and it's become this like character trait of my personality, and I've just it's something that at the time i would have never been able to imagine hmm. but my point in telling this story and if you like i said if you want to hear the whole story go listen to the first podcast but the point of of this is that successful people know how to take their adversities and turn them into assets they know how to take punches in the fucking face and use that same energy to go with the flow and and move in the right direction to where it benefits them all right so no matter what your situation whether it be uh, you know, personal situation, financial situation, uh, it doesn't matter. Your adversity, the things that are happening to you and are frustrating you and are you perceive them as holding you back are in reality probably the same things that are gonna that could be used to move and propel you forward if you just stopped feeling sorry for yourself and stopped making excuses for yourself and looked at it, from a non-emotional viewpoint and just said, all right, well, how can I fucking use this to move forward? And people get so caught up in their own story, in their own pity, in their own fucking bullshit, you know, and their own, you know, now attention has become the thing everybody wants because of social media, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, attention deficit disorder used to mean like, like, you got to take fucking riddle into focus. Like, I feel like attention deficit disorder is like something everybody has now if they don't right. get enough likes <laughs> on their fucking Instagram. Right. You know? But the point is, is that if you can get over all that shit and look at what is going on in your life from a non emotional viewpoint, I'm pretty sure there's a way for you to benefit from the bad things that happen to mm-hmm. you. And I think all successful people have the ability to pivot on situations that are perceived to be bad and turn them into things that are good. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, there's people listening right now who are saying, oh, Andy, but you don't know what it's like to blah, 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 blah. Well, no, that thinking that you're having right now is what's causing you to not fucking move. It's because
2: mm-hmm. you're stuck in your own world. You're stuck in your own head and the world is so much bigger than the situation that you're going through. Right M-
0: most now. likely nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when mm-hmm. I used to, I used to walk through the grocery store and nobody would look at me. It wasn't because they thought I was disgusting. It was because they didn't want to feel like they were staring. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that cause they hated my face. It was cause they didn't want to make me feel bad, which inadvertently made me feel bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, dude. Most people honestly don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that you think everybody cares about whatever hardship just shows how big your fucking ego is. No one gives a fuck. Right. So, get over yourself, figure out how to use whatever it is that's happened to you as mm-hmm. a, you know, dude. I mean, I've got friends, Derek Weida, you know, my friend Casey Mitchell. Those dudes lost legs in Afghanistan and, and Iraq, lost their fucking legs. Okay. Uh, both of them making a huge positive impact in society. You know, both of them still struggle. They both still struggle every day. But you know what? They chose to take what has happened to them where they could have just become this, you know, they could have sat in a VA hospital in a wheelchair and everybody would have felt sorry for them and went by every day and said, oh, man, thanks for your service and your sacrifice. Right. And that would be their life. But they chose differently. You know what they chose to do? They chose to fucking use their story as as a asset to move them forward, and I can tell you right now, neither one of them would be as popular as they are if they both if they had both their fucking legs. That's the truth. So even in that case, it's an asset for them. Right. And I don't think either one of them would tell you any different. Right. You yeah, know. So right. you have to learn how to use your negativity. Your per- negativity as a perceived emotion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've got to learn how to things that use the things that you perceive to be bad and negative and frustrating and hard and learn how if they, if maybe, maybe you didn't lose a leg, but maybe you were abused or maybe you had, uh, you know, a disease that you overcame. You have to be able to share that story and use that to forge your strength to move forward. You know, maybe whatever's happened to you isn't something that everybody could see. And it's not a story in itself, like my face or like, Casey's and Derek's legs or or a million other people, but maybe it's something that has happened to you that um, you can't externalize, but you need to internalize the strength and the assets that it's creating on the inside for you to move forward in a positive direction. Mm -hmm. Does it make sense? Absolutely. So it's not always about like, Oh, you need to tell your story. Maybe you don't need to tell your story, but you need to tell, you need to be able to take what has happened to you. And let those things forge you to become stronger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's not—it's not a situation where life just comes and beats the shit out of you, and just continues to beat on you, and beat on you, and beat on you. No, bad things are going to happen. That's a fact of life. They happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's your choice how you react to them. That is going to define. The rest of your life.
1: Yeah, I want to reemphasize that. Months ago, when we talked about this and we were talking about this topic and, and, and what we're going to talk about in the book, what you were going to share in the book, I specifically asked you so, what are you going to tell people in terms of developing this ability to see the good and the bad and to, and to turn an asset, excuse me, turn adversity into an asset? And I, and I will never forget your answer. You said, Vaughn, it's not an ability, it's a choice because the good is there. You just mm-hmm. have to choose it. Right.
2: Well, it's just like bringing it into the point from earlier, even though that's the thing that I really admire about like either in your situation and Derek and Casey's situation. Like, I'm sure they dealt with the same kind of suicidal thoughts that you thought of. And, you know, I know for to a fact. Yeah. I've
0: talked to them both about it.
2: And going back into earlier, even though they didn't feel like continuing every day, you didn't feel like continuing every day. You had scars on your face that you didn't even know how to deal with personally. And you still got behind that counter at the retail store. Every day.
0: I mean, dude, look. You just did it. Sometimes you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to fucking eat, man. Because yeah, yeah. you can't make exactly. it
2: worse on yourself. Exactly. I mean, you just, you got to keep moving
0: forward. No, but, you know, people tend to glorify their own adversity because it creates a tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they like to tell their story. There's two different kinds of people that like to tell their story. There's, there's people that tell their story. And then at the end of it, they say, guess what? I'm not a fucking bitch, and, and all this shit bad happened to me, and I still went out, and I'm doing this, this, and this, and so can you. And then there, and then at the end, there's the other person at the end of their story that says, "Send me hundred dollars on my on <laughs> my GoFundMe page, and and uh, you know, feel sorry for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a pity seeking, uh, sympathy seeking, and all this shit that you know that you're doing, dude, you're only selling yourself short. You're going to end up being broke. You're going to be miserable. You're ruining your whole life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, if you don't know how to take adversity, whatever that is to you, and use it to your advantage, you're missing out on a gigantic skill, a gigantic practical skill that can help you be successful.
1: So I'm looking back over our notes here, and I've got uh, – so just a recap, dream board – Get in. the Dream board is. Vision ob- board. Vision. Excuse me. Dri- vision. Vision board. Nightly visualization. Nightly visualization. Get in motion. You know, in terms of the uh, motivation, just move. Uh, in terms of uh, learning, we're talking about listening and asking questions. I'm actually active for, and passive learning. Active and passive learning for criticism. Your actual nut and bolt uh, tool for for criticism was
0: just at just be aware. Being aware. Being be- aware. Is it is it is it constructive? Is it destructive? Is it internal? Is it external? Can you use it? How do you use it? Right. And then the
1: final thing, guys, was just choose to see the good and the bad. Choose to use adversity as an advantage. You want to wrap this up?
0: And let the bad things that come your way serve their purpose. All right? Bad things are happening. They're going to happen. Bad shit's going to happen to me today. I can learn from every single bad thing. It goes back to the learning principle we talked about. If you're a student, if you're a person of uh, the mindset that I'm always learning— Bad things aren't necessarily bad things, they're just lessons. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that mindset. So many people are just whiny, crybaby, little fucking babies that the bad shit, they don't ever look at bad shit as a lesson. They look at bad shit as bad shit. Successful people look at adversity, quote unquote, bad shit, as an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And you know what you learn? You learn not to do whatever caused that shit again. It's that simple. So. Dude, you've got to get out of your own way on some of these things. I would say 90% of success is getting out of your own fucking way. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's really not much more to it. Mm -hmm. You know, you could sit here and say all you want, but most people stand in their own way. They make excuses. It's not just excuses like, oh, I don't feel like doing that. It's these internal excuses like, you know, oh, well, you know, that would be great, but my mom comes from a long line of, uh, hairdressers, and because of that, you know, I could never be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. The fuck does that even mean?
1: <laughs> Seriously. That,
0: but that's what people tell themselves. Yeah. That's yeah. They t- My dad and his grandpa and his grandpa-grandpa were all carpenters. But you know what? I want to be a CEO one day, but I can't because they were all carpenters. What the fuck are you talking about? That's how stupid you sound when you're making these internal excuses. You could do whatever you want. You just got to learn how to practically execute on a, on a daily basis to the point where you're moving forward. And if you want to learn more about practicality and more about how to use tools, go back and listen to the Kill It Every Day episode. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very, very effective episode on practicality. Yeah. So guys, look, that's it for today. Appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, please bring me one person. That's all I want. You know, I'm not going to charge you a dollar. I'm not going to charge you a hundred dollars. Bring me a motherfucker to listen to this podcast. I'll see you next time.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>